Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. I know, I've already said that, but it seems like it's worthy of declaring once again. Uh, Be grateful to God for all that he has accomplished in and through you in the week that now is behind us. Um, Look at the day that lies ahead and consider that he is sending you out there into the world that he so loves uh, to be his ambassador, an agent of his grace, a maker of peace, a sower of peace, um, a person in whom He is pleased to dwell by the power of his Holy Spirit. So in case you weren't looking at yourself in the mirror this morning and thinking, you know, I I have got something to do today and something to offer, and it's going to be great. So, you know, just reconsider uh, the reality that you are not only created in the image of God, saved by his grace in Jesus Christ upon the cross, but endowed with the power of his Holy Spirit. God has already poured out upon you, in you, um, all that is necessary for the accomplishing of his will in this day. Like, you've got it. You have got this um, because God's got you. Whatever this is, you know, on your list of things to do today or the things that you don't even know are on the list because they haven't uh, popped up yet, uh, you've got it because God's got you. So let God have his way with you today that in, in, in everything that you encounter, you can do so with a spirit of confidence in the sufficiency of the all-knowing, all-loving, gracious God. Okay, one um, disturbing, really disturbing headline uh, before we get to our conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. I just want to cover this one quick headline. So Stevie Nicks, whose name you may or may not know, she's, she's 72 years old, by the way. She's 72 years old. Stevie Nicks, um, you probably know her from her days in a band called Fleetwood Mac. Well, Stevie Nicks gave an interview, um, and she uh, talks about a number of things in this interview, including the pandemic and Botox and all kinds of other things. But there's one paragraph in this interview, which uh, is is available at The Guardian, Uh, one paragraph in here that I want to read to you, because in here she is talking about the choice she made to end the life of a child. So she's talking here about an abortion that she had, obviously, a very long time ago. Uh, Quote, this is Stevie Nicks. If I had not had that abortion, I'm pretty sure there would have never been, there would have been no Fleetwood Mac. There's just no way I could have had a child then, working as hard as we worked constantly, and, well, all those drugs. I was doing a lot of drugs, and I would have had to walk away from that. And I knew the music that we were going to bring to the world was going to heal so many people's hearts and make so many people happy. And I thought, well, well, you know what? That's really more important. There's not another band in the world that has two lead women singers, two lead women writers. And that was my world's mission. Uh, Fleetwood Mac 
was of greater importance and the music that she was writing and singing was of greater importance to her in terms of the contribution that she thought she could make to the world than the life of another person. I'm just going to let that settle in for a moment um, and have us consider just how far we have gone in a culture that thinks that we are our own gods. Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In is up next. We're going to talk about some movies that are available and some other media headlines. We'll be right back. Joining me now, Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families, plugged in. Um, Adam, welcome back. Good morning, Carmen. Good morning. Okay, so um, that Stevie Nicks headline, because it is a media headline, um, I yeah. think is one that you and I could spend at least a minute talking about. Yeah, because you have absolutely. a perspective on at least the fact that she's talking about what she did and how she went about making a decision. Yeah, you know, I saw that story too, and it was it was heartbreaking to me. Um, but one of the other thoughts I had was, it was pretty honest, and I don't want to sound like I'm giving her credit for being honest because that's not my intent, but she spells out the calculus and basically says, you know what, I decided this was more important than this, and you know, I think that sometimes in the abortion conversation, I feel like the other side isn't telling the truth about what's really happening, and even though it, it is calculated and it feels heartless and shocking— um, I'm like, well, at least she is sort of saying, you know, here was the equation and here's how I solved the equation. Um, mm. And so I, I think that uh, there is a brutal honesty there about the choice that she made um, that I think sometimes is lacking in this conversation. And, and I mean, notably, I mean, she never had kids. She never I had just, kids. Exactly. Yeah, she never had kids. Okay, let's uh, let's do some um, let's do some reviews. There actually are some things that people could watch this week. Yes. Oh, by the way, by the way, two people in my household—not myself, but two people in my household—went and saw the War with Grandpa, and totally yes, loved it, it. Totally loved it. Totally loved it. You okay, know, so there you go. I got and, and I would have not even that would not even have been on my radar had uh, you know had Paul and I not talked about that last week. So there you go. Well, and that's. That, I mean, just as a, a little side note, Regal Theaters have closed. AMC is talking about closing. And what that means is there are no blockbusters being made. There's just lots of little stuff like this. And so we're trying to so, keep people up to speed on that. I will tell you that in uh, the particular zip code in I, where I live, um, two tickets were sold to that entire movie that night. <clears throat> yep. The two that my members of my family, they were in a movie theater with those great lounge seats and everything. Yeah. Two people in the whole theater. Yeah. So I'm thinking that it's not uh, it's not there's no money to be made there for the movie theater. No, there's not. And they're probably going to go away for a while. Yeah. All right. Movies we could see if we went today. Yes. (laughs) Where should we start? Should we start start with clouds? Clouds. Let's start with clouds. Yeah. Clouds is on Disney Plus. This is a uh, the first of of two uh, romance drama weepers that we're going to talk about. (laughs) Uh, and these movies actually feel like they were separated at birth, which is it's kind of funny that they're both out this week. Um, not ha ha funny, but just interesting. This is a true story based on a true story about a young man named Zach Sobike who uh, had battled cancer and his junior year of high school. It looked like he was in the clear. 
He had just, you know, begun to date this girl named Amy, whom he really liked, and he starts coughing. And, you know, in the movies, when you cough, that's the cinematic equivalent of a death sentence. And indeed, his mom is concerned, and he finds out he has less than a year to live. And um, so this is a movie about making the most uh, of your time. You know, that Tim McGraw song, Live Like You Were Dying. This is mm-hmm. that idea put in a movie. Um, he and his girlfriend get fairly physical, and there are a couple of surprisingly harsh profanities for a Disney Plus movie, which it's a good reminder that just because it's on Disney Plus doesn't mean you should give it an automatic content pass. Um, it's also you know, a pretty inspiring movie because he and another friend go on to make a single that uh, manages to make some noise online and uh, gets downloaded you know, hundreds of thousands of times. Uh, so it's a, it's inspiring, it's tragic. Um, and you know, if you, for some reason, feel like you need a tragic movie right now, this is the first of two choices this week. All right. And then, um, the second one, the picture on the front of which looks almost like the first one. Uh, so this one is called two hearts. Yeah. Uh, two hearts is a movie about two different couples. It is almost It is also a romance movie. It is also a weeper. If you didn't use up all of your Kleenex with clouds, two hearts will get rid of the rest of it. Um, It is about a young man who is very vibrant and alive and um, takes risks his parents aren't particularly crazy about. And then there's another older guy who has a heart condition uh, who could die at any moment. And so their similarities are that both of them are guys who – just have this incredible zest for life. Um, two hearts, one young guy, healthy athlete, one old guy, not healthy, could die at any moment. Um, I'm going to let you connect the dots on where this goes here. I don't want to just straight up spoil it. Uh, other than to say, um, there's a lot of crying in this one too. And there, there might or might not be an organ transplant, uh, part to this plot. So, there might uh, or might not be. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, there is. And you might actually, you may or may not see part of that. So if blood grosses exactly. you out, that might be exactly. uh, yeah, yeah, something. And there is a funeral at one point. And, and there is a funeral. And yeah. this is very similar in that there's a little bit of profanity, one harsh profanity, uh, a little bit of sexual content, actually not as much as clouds. Um, but it's another one just about the value of life, making the most of life. Um, So like I said, these two movies feel like they were separated at birth. Two Hearts is in theaters. Clouds is on Disney+. Plus. All right. uh, We got to take a very brief break. When we come back, um, let's pivot and let's do some other headlines. There's apparently a band called BTS that I've never heard of that um, just had an IPO for a billion dollars. So I feel like I need to know something about that. That's up next with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Um, you can check out reviews at PluggedIn.com. Um, all right, Adam, since you are um, my closest connection to the world of media, like yeah. pop culture media, here's the yes. headline I read in the New York Times, and I thought to myself, 
I am seriously not in the generation that knows what's going on. So here's the headline. BTS's loyal army of fans is the secret weapon behind a $4 billion B valuation. What investors are really paying for is not necessarily the K-pop group or its management company, but its huge, highly connected ecosystem of followers. Uh, This is big news in business, in addition to being big news in pop culture. What is K-pop? Who is BTS? K-pop stands for Korean pop. And honestly, if you think uh, Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block, NSYNC, uh, all rolled into one, um, there are a lot of these sorts of bands in Korea. Uh, They're huge. BTS is the emperor of them all. I mean, this is a global phenomenon. But the reason you haven't heard of them is that all of their songs are in Korean. So um, I'm sure that you can find videos of them if you go looking for them, but you're not hearing them on the radio because as a general rule, we don't play songs in Korean. And as a second general rule, you and I are the only ones still listening to the radio. (laughs) Um, And your listeners, of course, don't mean to insult anybody. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, BTS is enormous. They're a huge global phenomenon. They've been around for five or six years now, maybe a little bit longer than that. And this company, they have a a management company called Big Hit, which is the one that is doing the initial public offering. And the upshot of this is that they have fans that are so incredibly invested that they're essentially marketing it. It's, It's viral marketing on a scale that every other corporation and brand in the whole world would kill for because their fans are just rabid. And I thought the the money line from this article that I think is is telling and I want to riff off of um, is a, a fan who says, I get to invest in idols that I like and it allows me to stay connected to BTS. And obviously she's using the word idol in terms of a pop idol you know, American Idol, we use that that word to talk about our big singers and, and such. Um, but I think it's a, it's a telling word in that people are desperate for a sense of transcendence and meaning and purpose. And for some of them, a band like BTS really fills that gap. And there's a picture of this young woman and her bookshelf full of BTS memorabilia that essentially looks like a shrine. I mean, We really are talking worship here, not maybe in the sense that we typically think about it, but, you know, that word derives from the old English word worship, which means to ascribe worth to something. And there are so many people ascribing worth to this, that uh, this band's promotional company is worth $4 billion. So it's pretty mind blowing. It's, it's totally mind blowing. Thank you for making all those connections for us. Um, That was uh, one of the lines in this that stood out to me as well. There's no question that, um, I mean, even the the raising of these light, these light sticks, however, that might be um, that appears earlier in the uh, in the piece where they apparently have these like BTS light sticks and a fan. These global fans have them and they hold them up. They're known as army bombs um, because this is the BTS army. And um, they're connected by Bluetooth and they flash along to the band's music. And so these people have like they're raising these lights. I mean, it's a 
it looks it looks like worship like for all the world it looks like worship um all right so that's a fascinating uh headline i thought we should talk about jason biddle is maybe the other headline that really caught my attention um this week tell us uh who that is and what's going on there you know jason biddle is a christian singer who really had a a very literal come to Jesus moment um, when he almost died of an overdose in 2017. Uh, he's a former baseball player and uh, tried out for the Cincinnati Reds, didn't really work, um, had an injury and got addicted to alcohol and drugs. You know, that we see that so often in the sports world where people will have an injury and, and all of a sudden, you know, those pain meds become um, something other than a pain med. Uh, but he has a new hit out called Come On In. And he really, it's a, it's a great story of the testimony um, and of really God's ability to redeem a broken life. Um, and, and so, man, there's a lot of stories out there right now that don't feel like they have much to do with redemption, but this is a, a pretty nice story. And so uh, his song, Come On In, is worth checking out. All right. And then there, you guys have a blog posted this week that's sort of like a, a, I'll just say like a warning sign to parents about a particular online game. I'm not even sure I know how to pronounce the name of the game, so I'm going to let you say it. Um, There's a war on... Roblox. Roblox. R-O-B-L-O-X. Roblox. And it's porn. And it doesn't look like, I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't look like porn because I'm not looking at the pictures related to that. What's going on here? Because this is a kid's game. It is. Roblox is sort of Minecraft meets The Sims. You Mm -hmm. have the ability to create um, an incredibly imaginative digital world. You have an avatar, which an avatar, if you're not familiar with that word, is a digital representation of yourself in a virtual environment. And you can have fun. I mean, this game really is designed for kids. And the company, to its credit, has worked pretty hard to keep this thing clean. But unfortunately, you know, in the category of this is why we can't have nice things, there are people that are lurking sort of in the the digital dark alleyways of the Roblox world where you can explore who are doing not nice things uh, in, in terms of you know, representing sexual content and a very weird form of pornography. I'm not going to really get into it, but, um, you know, there was one woman in the story that we talk about whose digital avatar was essentially raped, you know, in this digital environment and Roblox is monitoring it and they're trying to get rid of this stuff the second it pops up. But, you know, when you got something that has 150 million users worldwide Um, even the best monitoring software may not get to that stuff as quickly as you'd hope. And so it's just a reminder that even though this company is trying, there are still some nasty things happening in the corner of this digital world that parents need to be aware of. And it's, it's just a good reminder of the kind of conversations we need to be having with our kids about what they're interacting with online and what they might encounter. And if they run into something that feels weird and creepy, get out and turn it off. And for a lot of these things, you may just decide, you know what, we're not going to go there at all. We're going to yeah. deal with the risk by not, not even having it. Yeah. 
Uh, 150 million users worldwide, not all of them kids, and certainly not all uh, kids who are just in there um, for fun. All right. Um, tons of great stuff at PluggedIn.com. Uh, one thing about Amazon's Lord of the Rings series that's disturbing, um, I would bet you guys are going to at some point um, touch on the Chris Rice story that's uh, popping in headlines yesterday and today. Um, and so we will uh, talk with you again. Adam Holtz, thank you so much. Again, you guys check it out at PluggedIn.com. We'll be right back. Okay, so money is tight. God is sufficient. That might be the summary statement for my next conversation. Money is tight, but God is sufficient. You can trust God. Uh, We can live full, abundant lives at any income level. And yes, our current economic issues may seem insurmountable, but my next guest guest is uh, Ryan Mack. He is an author. He's a financial planner. Some people know him as the financial evangelist. He says that the principles of the Word of God can protect us all, each of us, all of us, no matter our income level, in the midst of the the times in which we now live, the recession in which we find ourselves. He's got a new 365-day devotional guidebook. Mac is empowering people by offering uh, advice not only on managing God's resources responsibly, but setting realistic financial goals and fulfilling our unique purpose and giving back to our communities Uh, He is a guy you are really going to like. You have probably heard him on a number of media outlets already, but he is up next right here. Ryan Mack with Provisions for Abundance. We'll be right back. This is Max Licato. During World War I, Biddy Chambers, her husband and small daughter moved to Egypt, where he served as a chaplain. He taught, she transcribed. It was a perfect partnership. Then her husband's complications from appendicitis rendered Biddy a widow and all the dreams of a teaching ministry would have to be abandoned, right? Well, no. She turned her husband's notes into pamphlets. Eventually, they were compiled into a book, My Utmost for His Highest. This work of Oswald Chambers has sold more than 13 million copies and has been translated into more than 35 languages. The next time you feel overwhelmed, remind yourself of the one who is standing next to you. Give him what you have, offer thanks, and watch him go to work. Remember, friends, you are never alone. This is Max Locato. Joining me now, Ryan Mack. Among other things, he is the author of Provisions for Abundance, A Christian's Guide to Money Management, Gratitude, and Giving Back. Ryan, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me, and I thank you for the work you're doing at spreading the gospel. It's been uh, very blessed to, uh, to, to see your vision growing. Well, thank you, and likewise to you as well. Um, let's um, let's actually start. I mean, we're going to talk about the book. It's just excellent and uh, a great opportunity for people to engage in the subject matter area. But I'd love for you to share with us just briefly about um, the work that you're doing in New York, seeking to bring about economic change in communities um, across that state. It's been so heavily impacted by COVID nineteen. I just I just love for you to yeah. talk a little bit about about what you're doing there. Well, we're working with various uh, populations. Uh, one of the biggest uh, groups I'm working with is 1199 SEIU. Uh, literally, I'm just finishing up a curriculum for 
a group of home care workers and um, 58,000 home care workers that we're, we'll be dealing with uh, and working with over the next few months, the next few years, at rather, that uh, are earning between twenty dollars and $30,000 a year living in the city of New York. And so imagine wow. living in New York, earning between twenty dollars and $30,000 a year. It's uh, definitely a challenge. Uh, we're doing a lot of work with those who are returning citizens here. Uh, we have a lot of groups that we've been working with over the years that are uh, getting back from uh, reintegrating back into society and trying to create opportunity for themselves. And our, our goal and mission is to figure out how we can uh, help them find the resources. And I help them manage their manage their resources or what little the resources they may have. Um, and really talking to them about provisions for abundance and preparing for where you're going and not for where you're at and trying to make sure we can lower recidivism rates. We have a good group of uh, individuals in in various uh, uh, homeless programs like the Covenant House that we've been working with out in Jersey, uh, in in, in New York City, uh, who are dealing with individuals trying to find housing and trying to get back into society, just get back on their feet. You'd be surprised. A lot of individuals have written a lot of these individuals off, but we haven't. Uh, these folks are business owners. They have dreams. They have vision. They're intelligent, uh, and they have a lot of potential uh, to be uh, good, earnest, tax-paying citizens contributing to society. And uh, we believe in them, and, and we try to help them believe in themselves. So, uh, just those are a few things that uh, we're trying to just get with every day. And uh, as we get up, just try to help folks uh, understand that God has a plan for all of us, and it's up to all of us to fulfill that plan for the benefit of all of us, because the best blessing is to be a blessing to others. And if you're still here, God's not done with you. Like, right? So there's a, and if we are people who believe in redemption and we believe in second chances or third or fourth or 70 times seven, um, then we as Christians ought to be the people who are on the forefront of not only the conversations about, I like the way that you phrased that, uh, returning citizens, like, right, people who are coming out of uh, a place where they have been living apart from kind of the social order, many of them incarcerated, and they are returning, and they're returning, and how? what are they returning to, and how are we um, uh, cultivating places and spaces and opportunities where they are going to be able to not only provide for themselves, but flourish, actually, you know, participate in uh, in the larger economy that you know, that we constitute um, together. Talk with us about faith and how faith is a part of the work, uh, not only that you do, but that each one of us must do. And again, Ryan Mack is my guest. The book is Provisions for Abundance. Well, faith is everything. Um, uh, I, I always put faith in a mathematical equation as a numbers guy. Uh, faith is half belief, and then the other half is acting on that belief. Uh, James 2.17, faith that have not works is dead. First uh, John 3.18, our love must not be a thing of words and fine talk, but must be a thing of action and sincerity. It's one thing to say you love your community, but what sort of action are you doing to empower your community? And that stems from the level of faith that you can actually achieve those things that God has given you, those those hidden messages that God gives only to you, can you act on those? And God is talking to all of us. It's up to us if we're going to listen and implement those things. So faith really is um, the, the crux of it. I remember uh, it had to be April 2005. I just started my business. And uh, I saw a little girl in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, and she was shot and killed. And they were pulling the sheet over the top of her. Um, and at that point in time, the past 10 years before that, 
I've had five of my I had five of my good friends uh, removed from this earth by gun violence. And so it's it's up to I said, you know what, God, this is we there has to be something that we can do to deal with this. There has to be something that we can do to stop this. And I don't want to have to wait on the government. We don't have to wait on anything. God, what can we do now? And he led me to a lot of good, good groups of individuals who are also business owners, uh, all of us uh, dealing in our own way, in our own lane. Uh, over the next two years, we've met with many gang members, and that's 2005 when we I first started to work with those who are in gangs. And and, and, and we trained over 2,000 individuals who were formerly incarcerated, gang members, Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings, and assisted them to find the right way, the correct way in order to, to navigate their lives. And uh, of that group, over 60% got jobs within six months and uh, and, and, and started businesses, and less than 5% went back to prison. So we significantly were able to reduce recidivism rates in that group. And from that point on, I understood that God has a, has a message and a message for all of us, because at that point, and I always say, what's the purpose of money and, and financial literacy uh, and, the per- and financial stewardship and managing his resources effectively really isn't for the benefit of you. Uh, at that point, and, and all those individuals that we were working with, those individuals, I, I didn't do it by myself, but all of us had our own businesses. We didn't get a dime of government funding. And the, the, how we did it was that we were all able to create God's vision in our lives for the be- benefit of reaching out to help impact others' lives. So had we not been walking in God's word, fulfilling his will, We'd, we wouldn't have been empowered to be able to help those individuals. And that's a, a business model. I mean, the, the, the model that the Bible has laid out for all of us uh, can be applied to be used by all of us. And this is something that's bigger. Uh, and, and, and God is, 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 is no accident. And, and all seeing God, he's seen all situation. And in times like this, this times like COVID, God has a plan for this. And we need to understand that God is still walking with us. And he has a plan for all of us to be able to operate and function so we can be all be like Elijah Tishbite and breathe life into the son of the child of that widow. So uh, that faith is everything to me. And, and, and it's all about walking in his word and his will. And I pray to him every day that he can continue to help me to empower others. Ryan, um, it is it's so encouraging just to just to hear you talk about what you are doing. This book is really an invitation to encourage and mobilize others to sort of go and, and become and do likewise. The book is Provisions for Abundance, A Christian's Guide to Money Management, Gratitude, and Giving Back. Ryan Mack is the author. He and I are going to continue our conversation in just a moment. Continuing my conversation with Ryan Mack. Uh, he is known as, oh, let's see, the financial evangelist. He's a financial planner, but really he's a Christian um, whom God is using to uh, help people understand the role of money in life um, and how to how to live in not only abundance but significance. How to press the full force of our life in in the direction that um, not only leads to our own flourishing but the flourishing of others. Um, the book is Provisions for Abundance, A Christian's Guide to Money Management, uh, Gratitude, and Giving Back. Um, Ryan, those last two are really what make this unique, right? There might there might be a lot of guides out there to money management and a lot of, of people offering 
financial guidance today. But the gratitude and the giving back pieces, I think, make this really distinctive in the Christian conversation. Talk with us about uh, the importance and role of gratitude and then the importance and the role of giving back. Well, many times, uh, and, and thank you for noticing that, because I, I think one of my favorite activists was Madam C.J. Walker, and uh, one of the first African-American millionaires. And she said, the more money I make, the more people I can help. When asked, why mm-hmm. did you want to uh, create this this empire for yourself? And I think at the end of this, when we figure out our why, right, if we're really walking in, in, in the, the word and the will of Christ for our lives, it's to be a blessing and a light towards others, right? It's to uh, love thy neighbor as yourself and love God, the, the great commandment. So as we, when we give, that's the ultimate testament of our love for God, to put a seed in the lives of others. And making sure that as we plan our money, if we keep that at the forefront, what I started to realize, and I've counseled and taught, I don't know, thousands upon thousands of individuals over the years. And I've always noticed that Many times, if you don't have a concrete goal or vision or a purpose behind the movement of what you're doing, you kind of, the light fizzles and it goes out. And so what we started to realize is that, listen, at the end of your blood, your sweat, your hard work and your tears, there are some, there's someone waiting on you to bless them. There's someone waiting on you to be the beneficiary of what you're doing for them. And you can't do that if you're worried about your, your bill collectors calling you every day. It's hard for you to do that if you're going through foreclosure. So every time we pay more attention to uh, our, our, our financial deficits as opposed to the blessings that God is giving us and gratitude for what God is giving us, we start to focus more on the obstacles than the opportunity. And we know very well that Jesus was able to sleep in the middle of the storm. While the disciples were going crazy and, and freaking out, Jesus was asleep because he understood who his father was. And so as we strive towards that level of peace in the middle of the storm, we can then start to recognize the power that God has given us. And then we can use that power for the benefit of giving back. And so the number one prayer I like to say is that since God has given us, this says in Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the Lord and Father of our God, Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. We have, to, as believers, have to believe that God has given us everything that we need to walk on this journey and with all spiritual blessings, it's our job to manifest and do the work in the natural to manifest those spiritual blessings into physical blessings. So that my number one prayer, I like to say is thank you. Thank you, mm-hmm. God, because I don't have to ask for anything else. You've given me what I need. I'm going to use what you've given me to create what I need to fulfill your will and then go out and bless others and uh, to others to live abundantly through overflow. And so these are, and when you do that, that's when the community starts to come together. That's when people start to come together. I think, I firmly believe, and in, in this is the ultimate test, that as uh, even myself personally, I've had seven friends die from corona. I've had uh, many family members who are ill. So a lot of people are being tested. A lot of people are going through a lot of trying times now. And I think this is the ultimate test that will lead to a lot of testimonies if we can really latch on to what God is trying to get us to understand to develop ourselves within our lanes. And my lane within this uh, middle of this pandemic is to try to help folks to just manage or worry less about money by managing it more effectively so they can focus more on what God's will is. And we're all here for the exact same reason. That's to make this world better. But we do it 
in different ways. Every one of us has different skills, different talents, different lights, and different ways in which we impact. But our ultimate goal should be, how can I leave this world better than when I first found it when I was born? And if we just put that out there, then that should be, for me, I would hope that that's the biggest motivational factor for all of us to keep getting up. And uh, my mentors always say, when you two feet hit the ground in the morning, the devil needs to be concerned. And uh, that's a, are, that's my that's my go to line. I yeah. when my feet hit the ground, I want the devil to say a word that I can't say on Christian radio, and then say she's yeah. up. Exactly, she's yeah. awake again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. There you go. Bring it. Yeah. So I guarantee you, my listeners right now are thinking to themselves, I am so glad Ryan Mack is in the world, and I'm so glad he's doing what he's doing. I'm so glad God has given him um, not only this particular heart and this mind, but these mentors and the ways in which uh, in your life God has cultivated this good fruit that is now um, abounding to him. Uh, as you are resowing it in the lives of others, that's really that's really how I see this. Um, you you have been a person who has pursued God, and you've also pursued um, not only the education related to financial planning, but you really pursued a life that has been sowing the seeds of this in in other people and really cultivating a harvest of righteousness in the culture. If we don't like what's going on in the culture around us, we got to dig it up. And yeah. then we've got to, and then we got to replant. We've got to do the hard work, and we have to trust God for that abundant harvest. And I think that's what you're talking about. And I, I really resonate um, with your message, uh, just on so many levels. I, I just genuinely appreciate it. I appreciate. It. I mean, I also like to just say that this book was. I mean, I've written a few, but this book was to me uh, something that God gave me. Mm. And just to those out there, and he said, he said, Ryan, that you're going to write. 365 days. What about 30 days? What about 50 days? <laughs> but I'm, you know, so it took a, took a couple of years in order to get it done. But just to let folks know, because I'm not, I don't walk on water myself. A lot of these are messages that God gave to me. You know, um, these are messages that God gave me that he wants me to correct in my life. Right. So I took those and messages and put them into the book because maybe they could be something that can help someone else as well. So I'm not above needing correction. I'm not above needing uh, God's guidance, right? And so I don't think I don't think any of us is. And so I just don't want folks to believe that I'm holier than thou or this and that because we all need the hand of God to direct our lives, and I strive for Him and His guidance every single day. And I think a lot of this book is the uh, the direct benefit of God telling me what I should be doing more of as I strive to fulfill his will daily. Hey, you guys can connect with Ryan Mack on Twitter. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. Uh, The book is Provisions for Abundance, A Christian's Guide to Money Management, Gratitude, and Giving Back. Ryan, I hope we'll have occasion to talk in the future. I would love to. I definitely appreciate it. I have some I have some uh some things that have come up uh in, to that popped into my mind while we've been talking and I've been thinking to myself I'd like to know Ryan's thoughts on that but we're out of time. So um cool. I'm going to circle back around if that's okay with you. A- absolutely. We'll love to come right. back. It would be an honor. Thank, thank you so much. All right, that's Ryan Mack. The book is Provisions for Abundance. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Okay, so um, 
Wow, so many things popped into my head while Ryan was talking. That's the way conversations work. Um, So let me just make this one point. So Jonathan Edwards, um, I took a class in seminary on uh, on the theology of Jonathan Edwards, and one of the things that really like captivated me was this idea that all of creation is really an overflow of God's love. God is God is love in such a way that it overflowed into what we call creation. So it's the overflow of the love of God. And so when um, when Ryan was talking about, you know, how giving to other people, how blessing other people um, out of our overflow is, you know, is the way that we de- demonstrate that we belong to God and worship him. I'm thinking, well, that's just exactly what Jonathan Edwards would have said. It's it is out of the overflow um, and it is joyful and it is creative and blessed. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.